The JSE has opened its doors for another day. It's the third day of a four-day short trading week, so it's time for the opening with Nick Kunzer from Sandland Private Wealth. I didn't like the action, the late action on Wall Street last night. The market was was bowling along very, very nicely when you and I spoke to David Shapiro for the five o'clock shadow, and everything was going swimmingly. And suddenly, I noticed as at around about 10 o'clock, the market was actually down on the day, which wasn't good. Technically a bad, bad last session. Yeah, Lindsay. Good morning. Yeah, it was it wasn't great uh, price action. You're right. It was. Uh, you want to see a, a bit of a base building, and you want to see sort of uh, you know a couple of positive sessions. We did have two positive sessions, but couldn't quite hold it and, and sold off quite aggressively into the close. Um, and if I look at this morning's, yeah, it doesn't bode well when you get a sell off right on the lows and literally close the S and P at. 26.57 on the literally on the lows of the session. Uh, this morning, though, slightly different picture. I mean, it's been very volatile, I guess, uh, uh, which has been the theme of recent. But you know, we were we were up almost one and a half percent a couple of hours ago. Sold all the way down to half a percent on the U on the sort of European open, and now we clawed back to upper half. So it appears, you know, once again, volatility is back, but. You know, given that we've got a bit of a, a red day on our market, it does certainly feel uh, like a little bit of a positive slant, even though it's a, it's a negative day, if that makes any sense. Uh, it does make sense. But what I worry about somewhat is, the firstly, the technical aspect of the close last night and also mm. the fact that we're going into, for most people, a four-day weekend. I know the U.S. is open on Friday. They don't observe Good Friday as well officially observe Good Friday, but some people will do. But it's, it's, a, it's a long time not to be trading the market. So I would say that there might be some nervousness going into this extended break. Yeah, there will be. And and I think there'll be a bit of position sizing too. I mean, you just I didn't even think about it when you, now that you just said it. But we have G20 and OPEC meeting on Friday, which I find quite strange being Good Friday because the whole of Europe markets will be shut in observance of that day. Yes. Um, obviously, OPEC won't being sort of more Muslim leaning. But um, it is certainly unprecedented as far as I can read to have finance ministers, uh, the top players, and OPEC all sitting around a table to, to, to come up with some sort of coordinated response to the oil price. So I do watch this one very interesting. I think that is almost the, the, the key mover for the shortened week, even though, as I said, it wouldn't, uh, as you pointed out, it wouldn't affect our markets. But that's a big one. Um, we know we need, they need to sort of, I don't know, stop the slide in oil or I don't know, what, I don't know quite what the game plan is because, as Not we said, right. you know, it's been like, Good news has been bad news, bad news has been good, oil's going up, is it good, is it bad, I don't know. It's like um, asking Liverpool and Manchester United supporters clubs to sit down around a table and say, well, we're not going to chant nasty things at each other at the next match. Uh, Let's work Mm. out a plan. It's not going to work, Nick. It never works. And if it does work, it works for two or three days and someone breaks ranks. We know that from the OPEC history. Uh, yeah, I can't even disagree with you. OPEC's got a notoriously bad record of agreeing on anything, and 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 before you used to see them go into their would have like a version of an OPEC house, which is in in Vienna, and uh, notoriously two days. They normally have a four day meeting. After two days, someone storms out, either the Russians or or the Saudis or someone. As you said, their track record is terrible. So so I don't know. Maybe maybe they need a couple of headmasters from G20 to to keep them in place and to thrash it out till they come to an agreement. But I don't even know what the end game is. Um, I mean, do they want to push the oil price back up? Because ironically, a low oil price is probably good for the world as we are stagnating and the economy is grinding to a halt. Mm. I don't know. It doesn't. I can't. I can't. Uh, 
I can't join the dots, if you pardon the phrase. I really can't. Well, all I can say is what they're going to say is, well, how much can you produce? How much can we produce? Can we do it equit- mm. equitably? Uh, can we get it up from what it was, which was $20 a barrel uh, two and a half weeks ago, uh, to a more acceptable level for everybody, for the consumers and for the producers, mm. at 50 to $60 a barrel? Can we do that? The answer is very, very simple. When there's no demand because the world economy has closed down, no, you can't. And no, you won't. Uh, Sassel update, uh, talking about oil, uh, at 8 o'clock this mm. morning. Sassel update on Sassel's response to COVID-19. Whether it's got anything to do with it, I don't know. But the share price up around about 13 14%, Nick. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, we had a long debate on this this morning before I came on your show amongst our investment committee. Um, I think these. I think Sassel's still got some, some big... I don't think there's much of the share price. I mean, we know just from a... From an open interest point of view, uh, Sassel is, has been very much the short game in town. A lot of uh, hedge funds looking for a rights issue that they can buy the rights back and close off their shorts, uh, and they've been squeezed quite aggressively. Almost, uh, almost what is that, Lindsay? Almost close to sixty bucks from its lows. So, mm. I don't know how much of this is the trading update. Uh, we, 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 I think we know. We know what we need to know. Um, and uh, I think we're just waiting to see, you know, if they do need to come to the market at some point. But there haven't been much forefront of that recently. Nedbank Group came up with the following at 8.30 this morning. Update on the Nedbank Group final 2019 dividend in context of the South African Reserve Bank's guidance note G4 stroke 2020. Share price down around about 2.5%. Obviously, these banks are looking at the report. They've had a call from Lesetia Conyago or one of his minions. And um, they're saying, well, what do we do now? Do we pay a dividend or do we fly in the face of the South African Reserve Bank and risk annoying it? Yeah, again, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what the sort of, um, what the end game is here. Because, I mean, the Prudential Authority, which is like the final, the final voice of of the sort of, of the sob coming out and, 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 you know, making a comment saying that that they basically, you know, th- those who have you know either declared dividends or haven't declared dividends or going to declare, you know, in accordance with legal requirements as uh, applicable, they go on to say mm. that they re- refer them to withhold their dividend or they didn't say cancel, just withhold their dividend and pay it later. But uh, you know, our banks are extremely well capitalized, far more so than any other banks around the world. They really are. They're, they're sort of priced to book. This is one of our on our feedback we had this morning. The price to book of the South African banks are are actually lower than where they were during the Rubicon speech in 1985. So from a from a valuation point of view, the banks have never been cheaper. Their cash in their balance sheet is much better than it's been in a long, long time. Um, and I just wonder what the you know, what, the, what the plan is then, and also don't forget, you know, the, the, with the Treasury scrambling to, to get every penny they can, I mean, by all intents and purposes, our tax revenues are going to be 100, 150 billion, I don't know what the number is now, light. Um, you know, the, the banks pay massive dividends, and they pay you know, 20% uh, dividend tax on that too, so that is revenue straight to the Treasury's coffers which you wouldn't have thought they'd want to stop. So I don't know. Once again, I mean, I put this with the OPEC and T20 and now our uh, SAR, but I don't know what the, the game is here, really. Uh, I, I don't know why they want to, why do they want to preserve capital to maybe 
lend for businesses that might be going under. I mean, is that the thinking, Lindsay? I don't know. Nor do I. Maybe they'll come out with the rationale mm. for what they've put out over the last few days. Uh, Sasa, we've spoken about Ascendis Health, voluntary update relating to the impact of COVID-19 on is that Ascendis still around? Health operations. Up, up 10% or something, isn't it? Where is it oh. now? Uh, let's have a look. Uh, Jeez, I lost track of this little one. I mean, it dropped under 100, didn't it? Go to... What do you mean under 100? It's 51. I mean, that's what I saw under like 100 cents. Sorry. Oh, I see. Um, yes. yeah, it's 51 cents. Goodness me. Uh, yeah, it is still around. Uh, I looked at the, uh, the, the businesses they have. There's, when you look at them, you think, yeah, this is a strange company. It's got dog nutrition and stuff, uh, pet nutrition mm. and things like that. So, <coughs> so yeah, Phytosvet, it's called. It's, yeah. Funny enough, it's actually. Ironically, it's actually not a bad space for its brands and the product that it's had as a portfolio. That you know, they're quite big into into superfoods and sports nutrition, uh, health beverages, I think, and then as you pointed out, also pet foods as well. So, you know, in, in, it, it isn't not a bad little space. It's just a classic case of someone running the business to the extent that the the debt is just too much for them to swallow now. Um, and with the world slowing down, they, they they just can't service their debt. And also, you remember the story, Lindsay? I mean, I think weren't these guys involved with uh, gearing up on CFDs or or um, single stocks that took too much leverage on their own stock as well uh, to compound the problem? But you know, for me, I mean, where are we now? Market cap two hundred twenty million rand. I mean, it's difficult to see. I mean, I, I don't think this will exist in, in in its present form in a couple of months. I'm sure some will either take it out or. Or sell off the parts. I would have thought. I think it's difficult to justify. Yeah. When I hear you say it's in a good space because of superfoods, and I think of then I immediately think mm. of millennials. I think to myself, well, do you know what? If you go to pick and pay or checkers or spa or Woolworths or anywhere, any greengrocer, you can find superfoods right in front of you. They're called broccoli. Mm. Oranges, <laughs> spinach, blueberries, even in the, the humble apple, uh, maybe a pineapple, something like that. They are superfoods. I don't need someone to package it, put it in a little capsule, and ask me to shove it down my throat for 120, 120 rand for, for 30 capsules. No, excuse me. Superfoods you'll find at your local supermarket. <laughs> Point noted. Well, well he made a, a comment. A rubbish. Uh, nothing else uh, there. Let's have a look at the, the markets if we can, uh, Nick, because uh, it's a sort of slightly edgy sort of day. As I said, we had a really bad. Very case. much. Yeah, people worrying about certain. Yeah, things. I, I, that's 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 exactly the word. Edgy, a little bit like I don't know, fragile, edgy, walking on eggshells, just nervous feel about the about the tapers they used to say in the old days. I agree with you. Edgy feel today. Dollar rand eighteen thirty eight British pound against the rand twenty two sixty four um, euro rand. Oh look at that nineteen ninety six. I don't know why I'm happy that the euro rand is nineteen nineteen ninety five or whatever it is <laughs> below twenty. I just I get very excited about these things. The euro dollar is one hundred eight sixty. Last night in the United States of America, the Dow Jones was um, just down very slightly, but the, the context of that is it was up magnificently in the first couple of hours of trading. S&P was down a bit, NASDAQ was down a third of a percent this morning, and the Far East Tokyo up 2.1%, Shanghai down 0.2%, Hang Seng down 1.5%. On the commodities markets, the gold price pulling back somewhat, 1651 but still on the overnight session up 2 the platinum price is up three and a half to seven forty-three dollars an ounce. Where's Palladium, please, Nick? Platinum 
Palladium currently trading at $2,218. That's up 1.3%. Okay, and Brent crude oil, that's the one I need as well because you've got a much faster screen than mine. Okay, so West Texas, the most tradable front month contract, is up four and a quarter percent, reversing yesterday where it was down four percent. So mm. it's currently trading at twenty four dollars sixty three, uh, and Brent is trading up one point three percent at thirty two dollars thirty. Also, reversing yesterday's drop of about four percent on Brent as well. Very good indeed. So not bad markets this morning, but as as we said, a slightly uh, sort of look over your shoulder and see what's coming up behind you. Uh, look about it. Um, Top five major moves, if I refresh my screen, uh, Vivo, which is a company that has petrol stations, is up 12, and, sorry, Sassel is the big one, up 15.7% to 82.84. What is this now? Is, is, is this speculators? Is this, are the, is this people that are long at 400 saying, well, we can average down now at 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80? What's going on with Sassel, please? I think there's a there's a number of reasons. I think firstly the stock was was very shorted, so a lot of hedge funds jumped on board. If you look at what the stock has an ADR, an American Depository Receipt, mm. that is listed in the the US, it's very active. It's a huge open interest on the short side, and I think if you if the modus operandi that the game plan for this one was to short Sassel, uh, force them into a rights issue, you would then they'd have to come with a rights issue around about fifteen rand a share. The share was trading at twenty bucks. You'd cover your short in 20, you'd bank your profits, and you'd take up the rights at 15, and everyone's a winner. Uh, when that didn't appear so, and all of a sudden the oil price had a, you know, literally a 30-point bounce in four trading days, and all of a sudden Sassel also bounced with it. Rand also blew out. Um, all of a sudden it wasn't 20 bucks a share, it was close to 35.40. I think there's a lot of short covering, and, and that sort of particular trade was completely off the table. I mean, I think also, I think there's a bit of FOMO here as well, Lindsay. I think um, I think a lot of asset managers who might have been on the side or now underweighted because it sold off so much have suddenly realized if we do get a, a sort of coordinated response on Friday, maybe oil does get back up to a more palatable, you know, $40 a barrel for a lot of these producers and and um, and companies. Well, then all of a sudden there's a lot of breathing room for Sassel. Then all of a sudden I don't know. Even though they've got monster debt, I don't know if they'll have to be so forced to come to the market. So I think it's an, a combination of errors, but it, at the moment, very speculative for stock. As the, you can tell, I mean, 20, yeah. 20% moves on the day is not normal behavior. That's no, really not. It's absurd. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Avivo up 12.5%. <laughs> Hammerson up nearly 4%. Distel up 2 and 2 thirds percent. AB InBev is 8.56. Where was it when we picked that one, uh, Nick? It was. 600 or something, wasn't it? Where, where under, was that? Yeah, under 600, yeah. Yeah, because we said this is the one that if you're going to be locked down, I'm going to run to the bottle store, didn't we? Um, yeah, except you can't look to the uh, – uh, sorry, <laughs> run to the bottle store <laughs> during lockdown yeah. because the no. bottle stores are not uh, open. But the point is that people are uh, perhaps imbibing a little bit more than they might be used to. Anyway, AB InBev up 1.3% today. Yeah, North of, you're right, you're right, Lindsay. It traded under 600 at the middle of March. So that's not even three weeks ago. Yeah, you're right. That's when we picked it, and that was uh, that's probably mm. around 35%. Well done. We'll book that one for the Williams uh, Kunza Hedge Fund Limited. Northern High Platinum, Alpha Beta Hedge Fund. Yes. That's the one. Northern Platinum down 7 and 3 quarters percent. South 32 down 7.6 percent. Anglo-American Platinum down 7.1 percent. Capitec, yeah, it's still 1,013 odd, but it's down 6.5 percent today. In we, never, we, down never, six. we never spoke about this yesterday. I meant to bring it up with David. 
Because remember we spoke about those uh, the risk departments at, at certain banks who drilled the stock at six fifty to cover themselves on their collars. Yes, yes, um, yes. I remember this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look where the look where the stock is now. I mean, mm. what? I mean, this thing is back up above a thousand. So what's happened that the people that put those uh, derivative structures into place are now mm. out of pocket, smashed? Yeah. So they basically had the structures on that they basically protect themselves if the stock maintained a level of above 650 rand per share. The minutes it touched 650, they basically were told to exit straight away and they drilled the stock down monstrously all the way down to about 600, I think it went to. Do you think that hedge funds, okay, so it's very technical, but do you think that hedge funds knew about this and engineered a move below that strike price of 650? Do you think that could have happened? I mean, in a, in a fantasy world, does. obviously, not in the real world. No, definitely, definitely. It's, it's, not, it's common knowledge. I mean, you, when you put a, a cap or a collar in place or you have an Eastern derivative structure on your underlying share price, if you're a director, you have to divulge that information to the, to the boss, and it's freely available, and it comes out via a SENS, or it's on the company uh, company accounts. And it's, I mean, it's a trading strategy. A lot of, a lot of funds will... We'll find out where the different strike prices or, or caps and collars are on different listed companies. And if it's a small, if it's a small company, um, and you've got a big bank with a couple of billion to play with, it's quite easy to hit those strikes. Yeah, you know. mm. I'm not going to. No, you're not going to, because you work for an august financial <laughs> institution. But yes, I mean this is this is a, a bawdy talk in, in in the pubs when they when they reopen. Uh, Nick, give us the JSE indices after one and a quarter hours of trading, please. One and a quarter hours and, and a day and a half to go on the shortened week. We have the all share is where are we now at the moment. Sorry, bear with me a second. That's right, screens up. Okay, top forty uh, down nine hundred twenty-two points, two point one two percent, forty-two thousand six hundred sixty-five. JSE all share today down one point nine seven percent, just shy of a thousand nine hundred fifty-four points down forty-six thousand five hundred and sixty-two. And if we drill down into individual indices, you have utilities in the green up two and a quarter percent, consumer on signals point four eight percent firmer. Industrials also a quarter percent up, and on the downside, dragging us lower. Technology down 0.4. Healthcare having a bad day down 1.3. Financials, the banks down 2.45 percent, and the biggest dragger on the day of the energy is down three and a quarter percent. And basic materials also down two percent today. Nick Kunza, thank you very much for your time this morning. That's Nick Kunza from Sunland Private Wealth. That was the opening, and just to let you know, the S and P has fallen to only being up a quarter of a percent, having been up around about three quarters of a percent when we started that conversation it looks like a bit of a nervous sort of as we said earlier on edgy day nick kunza thank you very much we'll speak later the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of lindsay williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency organization employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author and since we are critically thinking human beings these views are always subject to change revision and rethinking at any time please do not hold us to them in perpetuity